Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, I'm Brianna Seely, producer for Offscript Health. Welcome to Vaxon. Before we get started today, I'd like to tell our listeners about another show on the Offscript Health Podcast Network, FUMS. FUMS is a podcast providing information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Join host Kathy Reagan Young for interviews with doctors, researchers, scientists, patients, caregivers, legislators, and more in the pursuit of answers. Check out the most recent episode on intermittent fasting with Cynthia Thurlow, a nurse practitioner, CEO, and founder of the Everyday Wellness Project. Intermittent fasting isn't just about skipping meals. Cynthia explains what intermittent fasting is, its effect on her own health, and the types of fasts that are available. For more information, visit offscript.com shows. The link will be in our show notes. Enjoy the show. Laura. Hey, Matt. How you been? I'm hot. That's how I've been. Well, I, I understand that the earth is going through some kind of uh, temperature concerns. I thought you were going to say temper tantrum because that's what it feels like. Temper tantrum temperature. Yes. <laughs> it has been so fucking hot, but today is, is better. Today is more livable here in uh, the New Jersey area. We had this crazy torrential downpour in the city yesterday and then everything got good oh we didn't have that it's like the city sneezed and then boom (laughs) no we totally didn't have that we must just get be getting like the backwash from the city because we did (laughs) not have a lot of rain but it went from being like standing on the surface of the sun to being basically bearable yeah just driving home it's always fun to watch the temperature gauge in the car like go up and down and up and down depending where you're going from jersey it was like 106 Yeah, uh, on Staten Island, 103, and by us, 87, balmy. Stop it. Really? Well, we live on the ocean. Oh, because you live near the water. Yeah. Yeah. That You would think Staten Island, which is near the water, would also have that. Right. But no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just am enjoying that every single time I take my phone out, the phone tells me it's too hot to use. Well, I think we all know that, uh, you know, Staten Island is kind of like at the receiving end of God's magnifying glass. Well, yes, I think that's uh, on the uh, the bumper sticker on Staten Island. Every tourist job says, please kill us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we live here. First, first eat the pizza, then kill us. Oh, God, forget it. Yes. A uh, a deserved haven. <laughs> exactly. Unto itself. That's certainly one word for it. This episode not sponsored by the CVB of Staten Island. <laughs> it is certainly not. Do you have a COVID update for me? So not so much an update of my own, but I have to tell you about this story that I was writing yesterday. 
in my legal nerd way, I'm so totally fascinated by it. So, I mean, do you have anything personally COVID related to tell us before I just delve right in? I mean, the only thing I can speak to is that I I started taking the subway into the city again instead of driving. Oh, and maybe 10% of the riders on the subway are wearing masks. Oh, yeah. No, everybody's done with that. I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're done. I, I, like, I mean, I don't know if it's smart. casting our fate to the wind? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm going to warn you here. This, this episode of Vax On Today, it's not uplifting. This is the episode of Doom. Okay. You have been forewarned, listeners. And forewarned is indeed forearmed. All right. First segment. Take us down the path of, of, of I don't know, <laughs> death and destruction. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually like this story, I think, is really interesting in a legal way. Um, I wrote a whole article about this for Law and Crime. And basically what is going on with Tyson's food is kind of an unusual outgrowth of just kind of a side effect of the pandemic. So here's what's going on. Wait, this is regular, normal Tyson's that we found in the supermarket. Chicken Tyson's of the chicken nuggets. Yes. Okay. So, and by the way, I don't know if you know about this, but Tyson's uh, supplies like a lot of the nation's food. Something like 30% of the nation's uh, meat comes from Tyson. So they're like, you might not realize it, but like everybody's eating Tyson. That's uh, insightful and terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so here's what was going on. So back in March of 2020, right at the start of the pandemic, um, you know, when it became pretty obvious that like, hey, there's going to be a lockdown and like we have to be careful because stuff is flying off the shelves in the supermarkets and everyone was panicking and hoarding the food. Remember that? Like when you couldn't get fresh meat and stuff like that? Yeah, it was the apocalypse. Right. And it was very scary. So at the time, uh, there was a lot of talk about like the Defense Production Act and like was the federal government going to commandeer the food stores and the and the food producers? And none of that happened because um, frankly, it just wasn't exactly necessary. But what did happen is that the federal government, specifically President Trump, had a phone call with a bunch of the CEOs of like the top food producing companies, and Tyson was one of them. And as Trump does, he basically said like, hey, guys, I can count on you to stay open, right, right, right. And of course, the CEOs all said, of course, we can stay open. And and I don't say that really as uh, one of my many knocks to President Trump, because like, what else were they going to do? It was a time everybody was freaking out. And the federal government was saying to these companies, hey, look, we really need you to stay open because we need to not like run out of food. Right. So, you know, that in and of itself wasn't so crazy. But what the but what problem grew out of it is that these businesses were running in states that had their own coronavirus regulations. So, for example, Tyson's Chicken was running a, a plant in Iowa and Iowa was shutting down all the businesses and saying that you have to keep the businesses shut. So when the federal government said, listen, all you food producers, you know, we'd really like you to stay open. They also said, don't worry about it. You're not going to get sued. We'll cover your liability. We'll make executive orders and stuff like that. What ended up happening in, in not just Tyson's, but in other businesses too, people went to work, they kept the businesses open and then people got COVID and some of them died. So now there are lawsuits going on by the family members of these people that died from COVID at a Tyson's plant saying, Tyson's, you disobeyed state law by keeping your business open. And Tyson's is like, um, yeah, but we did that because the federal government told us to. Ah, a loophole. Well, you would think, except the way that the federal government tells people to do things is that they like make a law about it. 
It's not like they have a conference call and ask them because asking them to do something that they'd like, you know, asking a business to stay open is not really the same thing as like ordering the business to stay open. All right. So the federal government kind of asked nicely for company X to stay open in a state that said you can't stay open. And because they stayed open, employees got COVID and died. Exactly. And and the companies are like, look, we had no choice in the matter. We were just doing what the federal government said we should be doing in a time of massive crisis. So you can see like where they're coming from, right? I mean, there are, of course, allegations that, you know, they were unsafe and they did all these things wrong. But the issue here is who are they supposed to obey? Are they supposed to obey the state regulation, which is going to be different in each state? Or are they supposed to obey the federal government who said, look, this is really important. We'd like you to do this. So that's the battle that's going on in federal court right now. And it's it's very complicated because at this point, they're having actually like a forum turf battle over, they don't even know which court this case even is going to proceed in, whether it's federal court or state court, because they're trying to sort out whether the federal government saying, guys, we're in the middle of a crisis, so go ahead and stay open, whether that like amounts to the federal government telling them that they have to do it. Does this, I mean, I'm me, not lawyer, right? Is this like wrongful death? It is a wrongful death suit, but that's not the issue yet because no one is deciding whether or not Tyson is at fault right now. They're just deciding whether that that little kernel of information, whether when when Trump said, we want you to stay open. And by the way, it wasn't even just Trump. It was like, you know, all kinds of federal agencies, the vice president, everybody was like, don't worry, everyone. We've got the food companies staying open. The court is trying to figure out, is that like the same thing as the federal government making them stay open? Because if the federal government made them stay open, then this is a federal matter. It's allowed to be in federal court. No problem. I mean, it wasn't like an executive action. He didn't sign something that said you must stay open under all circumstances. Exactly. There was an executive order, but the order wasn't exactly directing the companies to stay open. It was kind of doing other stuff. It was naming who is an essential worker and stuff like that. But it wasn't saying like, hey, Tyson Chicken, you have to stay open. So it kind of makes it this very cloudy legal issue. And even though COVID is a unique situation, you could easily see how this might happen again, right? How the government might say, listen, private business, this is a big problem that we all agree exists. Can you do this action to help out this big problem? Right. You could easily see how that would happen. Even, you know, it's something totally well-intentioned. And then the business ends up in this like weird quagmire where they're not sure who to listen to. Right. And I can only imagine how many other Tysons there are in this situation that hasn't yet come to light. Exactly. And that that is where like my legal nerdlinger stuff, you know, gets gets all excited because We might see this again, where a business is saying that they acted a certain way to satisfy the federal government when the state government told them to do something else. And that's like a whole complicated thing. And there's no simple answer. And it's not even like a hot political topic because it's too complicated for people to really, you know, kind of sink their teeth into on a quick, you know, quick soundbite on the news. But it's a really important issue that like, you know, how far do you have to go when the government says that they wish you would do something or they hope you would do something is that the same thing as you being forced to do it? Now do monkeypox. Now do monkeypox. Right. That isn't that the problem. <laughs> so yeah. So <laughs> coming up next, how is this going to relate to monkeypox? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because so, that's all we need. The government's going to say, "Hey, keep your plants open as monkeypox kills everybody." Right. And it's kind of like you know all of the communications efforts around big crises. 
they matter because when the federal government or, or even a state government puts pressure on individuals and on businesses to do something or to not do something, it matters. It can influence how businesses do things. And then it changes the consequences for those businesses and for everyone that they employ and everyone that they affect. So, you know, sometimes words aren't just words, you know, sometimes they have real meaning. And this is kind of like when the rubber hits the road, like how much credit are we going to give to the words that, a, that the president says in a conference call? My guess is like, that's pretty strong. If the president called me and asked me to do something, I'd probably do it. What's worse, earning the ire of your state government or the federal government? Exactly. And I sort of feel like, well, it depends on who's in office. Right. Right. All I know is that I think most people, if they were running a business and it was a major time of national crisis and the president, no matter who the president is, called you and said, we want you to keep your business functioning because it's going to help mitigate a national crisis. Most people would do it, especially if the government says, don't worry, we got you. You're not going to get sued over. Don't worry about it. You'd be like, okay, the president just told me I'll be fine. So I think that that's, I think it's just a really interesting legal issue. But we'll see how this plays out. Agreed. And anyway, okay. speaking of monkeypox, our second segment <sighs> is it's not going to kill you, but it might make your life miserable. Yeah. Remember we talked last week about how like it seems like it's getting bad? Well, the World Health Organization chimed in and said, hey, we're still here. Look at this. Yeah. They were like, it's a global emergency. Um, so that's not good. No, it's a not. Anecdotally, I've talked with several people this week who some of whom got the monkeypox vaccine and other people who said that they've seen several people who have monkeypox already. Yeah. So now full disclosure, the person who told me that he saw numerous people with monkeypox is a healthcare professional in California. Okay. So I'm imagining that the reason he's seeing it is because he works in a hospital. Right. I mean, that's like scary to me. We talked last week on the show about how a uh, COVID vaccine hesitant human being at my wife's office, you know, declared that she's getting the monkeypox vaccine, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I, but I'm on the side of like, I, do I really need the monkey pack? Am I at risk for this? And is this just like a flipping of the coin with the COVID conversation? I mean, I, I think it's sort of bizarre that people are willing to easily trust this vaccine when they were so hesitant about the COVID vaccine. But at the end of the day, I feel like, look, vaccines are good. So if it is recommended for you, then then go and get it. And I feel like I'm not going to make the determination myself about whether or not I need the vaccine. I will wait until it is recommended by state health authorities or my personal doctor. Right. And the article goes on to say just for the listener's sake, that the vast majority of the latest cases have been identified among gay and bisexual men and sexual contact with multiple sexual partners has emerged as an important risk factor. It echoes what we talked about last week. And again, it's not respiratory. It's based on intentional behavior. It is, but there's also some serious uh, evidence that it is spreading among people in the same household which makes me believe that, look, this is not just a sexually transmitted issue. This is, this is not just a sexually transmitted virus. This is something that can be spread essentially by any close contact. I know that, that the data seems to show that it is, it's only about touching, um, you know, so that it's not necessarily airborne. Um, and that I believe is a good thing, but 
while we do have this one segment of the population that seems to be disproportionately affected right now, it certainly doesn't mean that everybody else can just go about their business and not worry about it. So when do we buy our toilet paper? I, you know, I refuse not buying the toilet paper. I'm just not. Okay. Um, I, I will tell you just for some context, I thought um, you might be interested in this. The, the um, World Health Organization, it, it did not say that monkeypox is a pandemic because a pandemic has kind of a different definition. Um, they are saying it's a public health emergency. That's not that common. There's only been six times that, that the WHO has uh, declared a public health emergency, and they are the swine flu, polio, Ebola, Zika, and COVID. Now, if you think about those, do you remember like the hysteria over the swine flu? Yes, we thought it was the end of the world. And, and it turns out that it wasn't the end of the world not because they were wrong about it, but because the virus just, I think, didn't wasn't as contagious as they had predicted. So, like, it was, it ended up not really affecting all that many people. Um, and polio, by the way, the the World Health Organization said that it was a public health emergency in 2014. So we're not talking about polio of the 1950s. We're talking about polio recently. They also said it, it's a public health emergency, and most of us are not really going around uh, being terrified of polio. Although, full disclosure, you may after our third segment today. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, but same thing with Ebola. Again, we know that it's very bad, but I don't think most people are walking around being kind of, uh, uh, you know, terrified that they're going to catch Ebola on the subway. No, but with Ebola, they caught that early. It stayed contained in Africa at the time, as I recall, the way the, the World Health Organization dealt with it. They contained it. They managed it. And they... Everyone collaborated to do the right thing, and we staved off what could have been something pretty terrible for the planet. Right. And then, and this already is in, you know, in the US in kind of a major way, right? It's already in 60 countries, 16,000 cases across 60 countries. Um, that doesn't sound great. Well, I can't help but notice you mentioned the word polio. Uh, so, with <laughs> that cliffhanger, we'll be back after the break. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, we're back with some more terrifying things. Zilura, take us forward or backwards or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so uh, guess what? An unvaccinated Orthodox Jewish man in Rockland County, New York, has tested positive for polio, which is the first case since 2013 in the United States. Hey, we just mentioned that on the first half of the show. Yeah, Matt, so this is concerning. Here's the situation. The New York State Department of Health said that this guy who got polio very likely got it from someone outside the country who had gotten an oral polio vaccine. Now, the oral polio vaccine, you might not have ever heard of this, and probably because it's not authorized in the United States. And and here's why it is not authorized in the U.S., because in some rare instances, people who get the oral polio vaccine, and you know it has a live virus in it, it's a weakened live virus, but it still is a live virus, Every once in a while, the virus can mutate and actually cause polio in the person who received the vaccine. That's the opposite of what it should do. That is the opposite of what it should do. Now, you can understand how it happens, right? Because live vaccines yep. have um, you know, a live portion of the virus. So scientifically, it does make sense. It also makes sense that that's why it's not authorized for use here. I'm going to agree. So like some guy got some jacked up version of the polio vaccine Got it mutated. He got polio, and then he passed it on to someone in the United States. He or she. You know, as a Jew, I hear unvaccinated Orthodox Jewish man, and I just think Florida man. <laughs> I mean, could be. When I hear Florida, I think alligators. So <laughs> I'm just like it, it's a very unique community that doesn't typically follow public health regulations and rules. Right. We've discussed this during the COVID pandemic. Many, many religious communities just refused to do this, and it can affect everyone else by their cultural choices. And there's not much you can do. You know, it tends to be extra bad in those ultra religious communities because the communities themselves are so insular. Right. That, um, you know, and, and they're like large groups of people that go and worship together, they live together in larger groups. So then even when, something rare happens, then they spread whatever it is more, more among themselves. So it becomes a big problem. And and in this case, which is Rockland County, New York, it's the same case where there'd been a measles outbreak in the past for the same reason, vaccine hesitancy. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem. It's an ongoing problem. And I'll tell you this, so I looked up a little about polio to be quite, quite fair. I didn't really know all that much about polio, but here's the situation about one in four people who have polio have flu like symptoms sore throat, fever, tiredness, like that kind of normal thing. And then about one in 200 get the real serious symptoms that can include tingling and numbness and even paralysis or spinal cord injuries. So in my mind, um, polio was like, if you get it, like you're going to instantly be paralyzed. And it, you know, in reality, that's not the case. That's one in 200 people, which is still terrible. Like it's still absolutely warrants you getting the vaccine. Um, But I just wanted to be clear that it's not like every single person that gets polio is going to have this horrible outcome. I mean, when I first learned about polio in school, it was the first time I understood what the word eradicated meant. Apparently, that word doesn't mean much anymore. I mean, I guess not. It seems like everything is sort of a shit show now. Can we eradicate anything? Can we eradicate well, Staten Island? Can we eradicate raisins? Because I really <laughs> hate them. You're going to eradicate the Uncrustables that you can't buy. Right, exactly. And I feel like eradicate and educate are such close words. I that know. Somehow that makes me nervous. Well, some people want to eradicate education, so we want to. Not exactly. Do that. Yeah. So let's see. Let's just recap where we're left off now. Uh, we are going to continue to see the ongoing unfolding shit show that is COVID. 
Monkeypox is a big problem, and so is polio. So that's your summer report. I'm still waiting for space cancer. <laughs> I almost feel like space cancer seems less serious than all this shit. <laughs> Would all you get a space is- cancer vaccine, a monkeypox vaccine, a polio vaccine, or a COVID vaccine? Pick one. I just, I, I feel like of all of them, but you know, of all of them, I want to go with the monkeypox vaccine. And here's why. I'm in the process of renovating my bathroom and I'm picking wallpaper for my bathroom. And I found this wonderful wallpaper that happens to have pictures of monkeys on it. And, and I love it. It's so beautiful. But I, I almost feel like if I pick something to be in my house that has a picture of a monkey on it, I need to balance out the karma by getting the monkeypox vaccine. Does that make sense? Does that follow? I'm still going to go with the onomatopoeia of all of this, which is that COVID. It sounds like a monkey. Polio, you know, monkey pox. <laughs> <laughs> monkey pox just sounds more ominous. It just sounds like it's going to tear yourself a new one. And uh, no one wants that. I think we have different associations, honestly, because to me, monkey pox sounds much more lively and sprightly. Like monkey pox. <laughs> like oh, you're going with like the syllables. Monkey pox, monkey pox, monkey pox. <laughs> Whereas COVID is like COVID. I see. I see. <laughs> the polio sounds like a cartoon character. Hi, I'm polio. <laughs> it does. And it and it sounds so retro. Yeah. You know, like I feel like when I when I hear the word polio, the immediate mental image that comes to mind for me is like the doctor with the big round thing on the headband on his head. Yes. Like like in the in the Norman Rockwell pictures. Right, like that's exactly. exactly what I think of. Well, and I'm like, oh right. Polio is FDR. That's it. Right. That's, and FDR, that's all we yeah. learned about it. FDR. Right. Which is, and it's interesting because again, it's like, I wonder how much that mental image affected people that they are really afraid of polio because, you know, he's probably the most famous person that's ever suffered from polio. And, um, you know, and like when, when it, it's just like, remember when Tom Hanks got COVID, everybody was like, oh shit. Right. You know, and, and thankfully Tom Hanks got better pretty quickly, but you know, if he hadn't, I wonder if more people would have been like, well, if it can affect him, then it can affect me. Well, uh, Mel Brooks or Groucho Marx, one of them said, maybe Woody Allen, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> comedy is tragedy plus time. So are we, is it too soon to make fun of polio? Uh, no, we're probably okay making fun of polio. It's terrible. We are not, uh, we're, no, we're not pro-polio. We're anti-polio. No, definitely not. Definitely anti-polio. We're anti-polio, anti-monkey box, anti all these things. Um, anti-space cancer, clearly. Anti-paralysis, anti-all yes. of it. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are pro try not to get sick. Yeah. Here, here's my message. Like, be careful out there, people. Like, God only knows what's happening. Like, freaking wash your hands, wear your masks, don't touch people that seem like they have some shit going on. Like, just like be as careful as you can. And like, once in a while, go get a physical and ask your doctor if you should get a vaccine. Any vaccine. And if you need one, like, go get it. Literally any vaccine for anything. Is that good medical advice? (laughs) Go to the doctor, make sure you're healthy, go get yourself a nice little tune-up, treat yourself like your car, like every 3,000 miles, just go on into the doctor, see how you're doing. Now I'm trying to think of vaccines you don't need. Vaccines you don't need? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like um, malaria? Like like toe fungus vaccines or something like that. I'll take all the vaccines, honestly. If it's going to stop me from having a problem. (laughs) Really, like if it's going to stop me from having a problem, like I am the I am the quintessential would rather be safe than sorry. So like I am happy to get like loaded up on whatever you got to like avoid a problem later. If they could give me a vaccine for me to keep my house neat, I would totally (laughs) take that vaccine. Prevents messiness. 
like prevents messiness, procrastination, and bad handwriting. Just yes, like, I'll take it. The word vaccine used to mean you never get it. And now it means you'll likely not get it. Or if you get it, it won't be as bad. So have we completely redefined the word vaccination? But let me ask you, is that really true, though? Did it only used to mean that? Or is it just that we used it colloquially to mean that? Well, the polio vaccine eradicated polio. There was never any thought it would come back. It's gone in the in the world, right? But the flu vaccine didn't do that. We we always had a flu vaccine, and we and it never did that to the flu. Right. So, so where does society go right or wrong in understanding that polio vaccine, smallpox vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, never get it, or maybe, and then flu is like, oh, it's ongoing. It'll make it less worse. Yes, but you know what I think? Let let me submit this hypothesis. Submit away. I had. My hypothesis is no one was ever paying attention. Like only the medical community was paying attention. And the rest of us were just like, whatever. Is it a shot? Is it not a shot? Like none of us were really paying attention to like, is it a vaccine? Is it a live vaccine? What's it going to do if I get it? It's just like, fine, put it in my arm and I'm going to walk away. Or for the people that were like, I don't want to put anything in my body. Fine. Like there's those people, right? So, but I don't think anyone was really like thinking about it farther than that. I really don't. I think people are, were always frustrated that the flu vaccine didn't really work. Like that was always the thing. It's like, ah, I got the vaccine and I got the flu anyway. People were right. always pissed about that. Now we uncovered that being pissed off about vaccines is something we can do not just during flu season. Right, exactly. We can be pissed off about vaccines all year. But I think if we can all agree that a, there is no more eradication, things are going to come back. And the least you could do is, if you're going to get it, have it be less horrible. Yeah, right. I mean, right, it's always good. Like do everything you can. You can never be too careful. You might as well take all the precautionary steps as long as those steps themselves are safe. Um, don't go out and get like some kind of wacky, unauthorized, you know, weird version of the vaccine. Go to the doctor, get the real one. Yep, exactly. Just like it's treat medicines like sneakers. Do not get the knockoff ones. <laughs> it will never go well for you. You know, I'm right, though, right? You are right. Don't, don't get the knockoff Nikes. Just get the real ones. No keys. Just yeah, like just get the get the ones you're supposed to have. Okay. <laughs> like I, I it's because it just doesn't go for you might think you look all right, but you don't. Yeah. Just you know, save the money someplace else. Uh, on that note, we want to remind our listeners that we are taking a summer break. We are on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> In the words of Ross Geller, we are on a break. Yes. Uh, Vaxxon will be returning on Thursday, September 8th. In the meantime, we are running a best of for the next couple of weeks. Every Thursday, you will hear what we think are our most hilarious, horrible, good news, bad news. Go have a drink. Informative and frustrating. <laughs> Your advice of choice to listen to shows that you might have missed. We hope you didn't. But we're really excited. This has been a great year. We got way more planned for the fall. And uh, we're just going to do nothing but sit martinis and get, uh, I don't know, airbrushed by fig leaves, you know, for the next. <laughs> yes, that's what I'll be doing. Yes. That is all. I, I will be sitting for the next month thinking about all of the wonderful news I can bring to our listeners at Vaxon when we return in September. Yeah, I feel like what could we possibly do when we have nothing to really be upset about? We'll find things. We, we will find things because over the past three weeks, we went from just COVID to COVID and monkeypox. Now we got COVID, monkeypox and polio. Lord knows what we're going to have in Four weeks when we come back, is there going to be another list of freaking things we have to worry about? Oh, please let it be space cancer, space cancer, space cancer. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> stop wishing space cancer on us. I digress. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us, and we will see you 
hear you, talk to you? I don't know. It's the radio. September 8th, we'll be back. Elura, have a great summer getting fanned by fig leaves. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You too. Stay safe, everyone. Have a great rest of your summer and see you in September. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.